Well, thanks for listening to the Rebuilt Podcast. This is Tom Corcoran, uh, your host, and uh, so glad you are going to listen to this month's podcast. Uh, We are interviewing my wife. So I'll be interviewing my wife, Mia. Uh, not really talking much about uh, our marriage or anything like that, but more about uh, her own spiritual journey and the ministry that's leading her to do right now. Uh, it's really a great follow-up if you listen to last month's podcast where we interviewed Andrea Smithberger. Uh, their stories intersect, and so a little bit about you're gonna learn about about Mia's ministry and what she's doing. Um, it's gonna challenge you. Uh, as, as Andrea's might have challenged you last month, but um, some really good stuff. It's challenging me, quite honestly. My wife is challenging me in my faith and what she's doing. So be prepared to be, prepared to be challenged, uh, but intrigued. Uh, it's a great conversation. So this month's podcast is Mia Corcoran. Thanks for listening. All right. So uh, just where I kind of start with everyone is give a little bit of background about yourself, uh, where you grew up, your family, that kind of stuff. Okay. All the fun stuff. Um so I uh, grew up in Connecticut, um, oldest of four, um, pretty much an entrenched cradle Catholic church family, just like you. You know what it is to uh, grow up with a super mom that is at church all the time. You just kind of grow up there. Um, and oddly enough, it didn't really push me away from the faith. It just was part of life. Um, and it's our family didn't really like pray all the time together we just went to mass you had to have like major head trauma to not go to mass you know you 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 went to mass that was the rule um and that was it was just sort of a normal catholic upbringing i can't really you know say there was anything really significant um and um i'm not sure if there's anything more from that um yeah so um and then, um, so what would you say your relationship with God was like as a kid? I think it was just okay with God. I think I was just open to it. Um, I think kids are really positioned to have their heart torn toward God. They're, they wonder. They wonder about the earth. I remember wondering a lot as a kid. You probably know that. Just um, It's part of my personality. I kind of can think about things and just kind of get off on a, on a thought sometimes, sort of daydreamy. And I think kids, all kids, just naturally have this wonder, just kind of, you know, Jesus said to be like children, and they don't really have any biases, I would say. I think the biases come later through life and loss and all that kind of stuff, but um, have in paradoxes, things like that. But I, 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 um, I did not have any, I had all, only positive thoughts towards God, I'd say, and, and, and our faith, I'd I liked. I always liked kind of saint stories. I just thought they were really cool, um, really neat. Um, and but they they always had kind of like a fairy tale um, yeah. aspect to them. Mm-hmm. Which and I love fairy tales too. So and I love you know, so. <laughs> so as a kid, though, that's fine. As an adult, that can be problematic for people. If, if totally, yeah. Um, what well, so? What was your conception of God growing up? Mm. Um, I, I, uh, you know. I guess I just sort of accepted Jesus as God. Um, didn't really know how the man-God thing worked, but just kind of accepted that. Um, God the Father veiled, kind of veiled, kind of mysterious, and just, I, I don't know. I, and Holy Spirit um, really just not uh, not a lot of knowledge about the Holy Spirit. I, I would say um, my mom um, and, and dad, 
for a very brief time, um, went to some Holy Spirit prayer meetings. Um, and I went as a kid, and I that was my first introduction really into uh, life in the Holy Spirit. And um, I, I did not understand it. They were praising, you know, you could hear different things like speaking in tongues. And I just kind of like, you know, shrugged my shoulders. I just knew there were brownies at the end of those meetings, and I was kind of psyched about that. <laughs> so um, that was my... Uh, so brownies, I, donuts, yeah. all those treats. <laughs> are good. That's right. So for you, kind of big change in your story was going away to college. Yes. But different from a lot of people. You know, a lot of people going away to college meant that's where they lost their faith. But for you, it was the opposite. Yeah. Um, so... Um, I went to Franciscan University of Steubenville, and I was about 11 hours away from Connecticut. Um, it's a long drive out there. I, I definitely was an adventurous person, um, and I I just didn't even bat an eye at being far away from home. It's the only I place just, you applied to, right? Only school you applied yeah, to. Yeah, it was I, really a God thing. It just I I think um, the Lord just opened that door for a reason. Um, How did you hear about Steubenville? My mom. I think okay. most everybody's mom is like, go there. Go okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. The big Catholic moms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, or, or the, or the ones that want reform for their kids. <laughs> a lot okay. of like kids sent there as like a punishment to okay. get your act together. Uh, my mom just wanted me to go there, but, um, but so, that's funny, but you didn't push against that. You actually went with it or. Yeah. No, okay. I just, I, I didn't really have a huge vision for my life. I kind of, I, w- I was interested in a lot of things. Um, I, I didn't have a next step vision, so I was so I was open to anything, and that's kind of like a uh, a theme I think in my life. I just I sort of not having that clear next step. Uh, I also was very open to like whatever, so um, you know, fun. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're that's, a yellow. Yep. Have fun. Yeah. Um, good. Have a good time all the time. That's my philosophy. Marty. Yep. <laughs> a little spinal tap there. So you went to Steubenville. What was what was that experience like, and what did it do for your faith life there? It's funny. Um, I I really think looking back at it, um, that was definitely a, a deeper, uh, an invitation from God to go deeper, and I think I did. Um, if, if for those of you who don't know, um, Steubenville is known as being a charismatic or um, Holy Spirit school. Um, it, they have a Sunday mass there, which is incredibly beautiful, and you will hear people just at, at the elevation of the Eucharist at different times in the mass. People will just break out into kind of like a, just praise, praising the Lord. Like I've like I've never up to that point hadn't seen before at mass. It's, it's very striking when you are there. It's um, it is uh, definitely coming from the heart of each person there. Um, so there's that is um, a characteristic of that school, just uh, the the welcoming of the Holy Spirit. And um, I would say that I I you know, but then there's the world, there's college, there's friends, there's all those you know that that fun stuff and just. Um, so I would say I had a foot in church and a foot in the world is kind of how I'd look at it now. Um, and I, I really am grateful for, for that time and that experience. Um, just seeing, seeing young people, seeing college age people, just accepting God, you know, and this isn't the whole student population, but a large percentage of, of it, I would say, accepting the Lord freely talking about their faith, living it out. You know, they'd go help the community. They'd go do pro- pro-life activities. It just, it was like a lived out faith. 
enjoy. So that that was really so attractive. It was really attractive, um, I would say. So it pulled on my heart that way. So Steubenville was just um, it was attractive because you saw other people into their faith. There's some part too for you that was the Holy Spirit, though. Was that the kind of first time you were introduced to the Holy Spirit, or no? I would say when I was a kid. Um, okay. And then introduced personally, um, I I was I did receive the gift of tongues there. Um, so tell people that some people okay. Might know what that so is. that's biblical. It's in the Bible. It's uh, in church history too. And what it is is basically. Um, I, I've heard it put as a, as a prayer language from the Holy Spirit. It does not uh, sound like any human words. Um, I think there's two different ones in the Bible, too. There's, there's the gift of tongues in order to speak to people of different languages. And then there's this prayer language that um, even Paul says, you know, if people hear you speaking this, they're going to think you're drunk or insane. Um, it, it's not human language, and it doesn't... Um, come out of our grammar, you know, out of a knowledge of um, words and verbs and subject and all that kind of thing. It just comes, it flows out of your heart and it just, um, it's a gift and you hear it mentioned over and over again in the Bible. Right. First Corinthians 13, if I speak in angelic tongues, but do not have love, I mean nothing. Angelic tongues. And it's, it is a gift, I would say. And it was very expected of the early church to receive that upon baptism of the Holy Spirit. So that that when you read about church history, you read uh, and you read the Bible, it's it's clearly there. Um, so I just yeah. So I was I I was praying. I was at a, a prayer, uh, praise and worship event that they would have once a month, and I was just my heart was pouring out to the Lord and in, in praise. You're you're just entering this place. You know, there's this uh, verse in the Bible that says the Lord inhabits the praises of His people, and it just it felt like that that the Lord was there in the church in a way that's. Um, very um, alive and active, and I was praying in this guy, uh, this priest, Father Ed. <laughs> I don't know if he just the Holy Spirit directed him to me, but he put his hand on my shoulder and he's like, "You can, you can do it. You want the, you want the gift of tongues?" And I was, like, "Yeah." Um, and he just prayed with me, and it just started flowing, and that's kind of how it was. So, I, I, I would use that um, in prayer. I, I think the, the thing about, um, I think I told you this recently, that the thing about. Steubenville is the the that new young faith of wanting to walk in the Holy Spirit um, is awesome. the The thing that could help it is like instruction and training. Um, and so I didn't know that you know that now I have learned you know years later that there's purposes to praying in tongues. It is another kind of weapon in the arsenal of the Holy Spirit that that. Uh, to do the work of Christ and spread the gospel. So I, I've learned that now. Um, and it, it's, there's there's purposes for each gift, and including that one. So. so you had the experience with the Holy Spirit in college, and then pretty much, I mean, not that the Holy Spirit goes away, but the charismatic part of your faith, how did that go from there? You know, we got, we met, <laughs> we got, got married, but I mean, was it because of you? It was, yeah. um, no, it's not a charismatic, I mean, nativity, I wouldn't call it a charismatic place. Um, well, you know, I, from- yeah, when I, when I came generally in this area, I would, um, say I went to Steubenville and it wasn't so much people at nativity as other church people I met. And it was kind of like this flat, oh, <laughs> right. Well, that's, it, it, that's where it I really, feel like the water was like definitely yeah. poured out on it. And, and, and also the, yeah, that's the way people respond to nativity. Oh, you go to nativity. Oh, oh right. right. And that's, that's where I feel a kindred with, with Steubenville. Father Michael Scanlon's book, let the fire fall. We, we quote and rebuilt. And 
um, like Father, like Student Mill, which I think a lot of students don't appreciate because I think, anyway, it's another point. But Father Scanlon, like us, tried to learn from Protestant organizations. Yeah. He learned from the charismatic movement. He learned from yeah. from Protestants, the whole household thing. And for us, our whole small groups thing is there. So, yeah, that same reaction of, oh, for people who kind of in the know there or, or yeah, being an outlier. And, and that seems, uh, from what I've read and learned about the, these moves of the Holy Spirit, which have happened through all church history, is the Holy Spirit comes, and it's usually in response to prayer. It's usually in response to people's hearts pouring out for, to a solution for problems, to want to see people on fire in their faith, prayers for their church. The Holy Spirit comes, and then almost immediately somewhere in some institution it's just like squashed or it's just put down or it's, it's you know, kind of like, Skeptical of yes, it, or yeah. yep. It's just so. Also, where we worked too um, at the nonprofit, the Catholic nonprofit, yeah, HLI, which is his, that's where me and yeah, I met, was this yeah. uh, pro life organization. And it's a it's a wonderful organization. Um, just trying to educate people about the sanctity and beauty of life. Um, but the people there at the time we were working were very traditional Catholics, and immediately right after, right after coming off of you know this kind of like high i'm like yeah i'm gonna go take on the world i'm gonna right. go bring christ immediately was oh um that's not from god or that's not allowed in the church or you know mm-hmm. speaking they'd, they'd misquote scripture which i didn't know they were doing and say oh you're not supposed to speak in tongues because of this verse ignoring all the other verses right about what that's for so it just it, that was right after immediately yeah. so, so yeah um, very you know very pro-life organization i felt like i learned a lot there but they yeah, have very like trying to use a different word, but hardline kind of orthodox, you know, orthodox or hardline kind of very conservative, even so much, so much conservative that they're skeptical of the Holy Spirit. So, yeah. And I would say not super excited about ecumenism or trying to reunite the body of Christ, which, you know, the, the fractures in the body of Christ, um, that wounds the heart of Christ. He wants to see all of us together again, you know, under one big happy tent in heaven, there's no denomination. So, but yeah, it just it just got um, kind of the, the water poured on the fire, I would say. So um, do you think that's what kind of, or just not other opportunities or not being around other Christians that were Holy Spirit oriented? Also or? that, yeah. I, I think just not having, um, meeting people or being around people that um, did want to do praise and worship like that or just, just you know, were open to that, yeah. So what, because um, we're going to get to the story of, going to Chris's church, your brother's church. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> Going outside the church. Yeah, I, well, I mean, that's our story too. I mean, we had to come out outside yeah. of Nativity to learn from Saddleback and North Point. And there is something you have to expand your horizons, I think, um, and be learning from, again, I, uh, Father Scanlon really, I, I loved that in his book about recalling our separated brethren, and that means we have something to learn from one another. So Yeah. Um, but I mean, the, go ahead. I was going to say, to that point, um, Mary Healy, who is an awesome scripture scholar, um, she's Catholic, uh, she teaches at a seminary in Detroit, I think. Yeah, I think um, right. Sacred Heart Major Seminary. seminary. Um, she gave a kind of a barn burner of a speech at Encounter um, Conference, which uh, some of us from Nativity went to in 2020, right in January. Um, it was two Catholics, and it was two Catholics challenging them that often will uh, kind of look down at our Protestant brothers and sisters and non-denominational churches and all this kind of thing because, you know, well, Jesus established us, and we're the first, and we're the preeminent, you know, church. Um, she basically called us like the the elder brother in the prodigal son story, and that 
because we're the elder brother, we need to be reaching out to our younger brother in and being hum, humbling ourselves to learn from them and offering, you know, what we have, the wisdom and all that, and receiving from them what the Holy Spirit's shown them and what God is doing in them and through them. So it was, um, it was really convicting. It was a, a good thing for Catholics to listen to. So just in your story, you go to Steubenville, have this Holy Spirit experience, um, kind of awakened, but you don't stop going to church. I mean, obviously you came here, we got married, um, you know, yeah, kids, you, you know, youth ministry, that's, that's right. that trying to reach part. the next, uh, it's a huge part of our life. Yeah, because um, I recruited you <laughs> into youth ministry pretty quickly early on. Yeah, no, I mean, and, but we had done that before. I yeah. did that at my own church um, in high school and college. I'd go help out the, the priest and the youth group there. Um, we were both just like open to that, you know, and, and trying to reach others for Christ. I think that's the, you know, you're trying, you, you look at those young kids coming through and you're like, you know, your life is going to be so much better with Jesus in it at the center of it. Um, and church is a great place to come and just be with friends of faith, you know? Um, so that, you know, that's youth ministry really, I'd say. Um, so yeah, it's just, um, doing life, trying to learn how to be a mom, um, a few times over, um, relearn. Um, and, uh, uh, I, I do. So in terms of my faith, um, you know, I think, yeah, I think parenthood humbles you. Marriage humbles you in a way too, because you're, you're, you're really laying your life down for the other. You're trying to learn how to love that way. Both, both spouses are trying to do that. That's hard. That's change. That's growth. Um, that's getting rid of self-centeredness. Um, I would say parenthood definitely makes you turn back to God, which is probably why so many families come back when they've been away for a while, because you just, you need supernatural help (laughs) to do this job, um, and wisdom and strength and support. Um, and uh, yeah, so, but I, I do remember getting frustrated in my faith at different times and just, you know, wondering, you know, very frustrated that I couldn't hear God's voice, uh, very frustrated that prayers were getting answered, you know, never mind many of my prayers were just like this laundry list of what I wanted God to do for me. Right. And, and who, you know, who would, um, want to be friends with <laughs> someone that's just demanding like that all the time. Um, not giving back or just spending time, you know? Right. So I had to learn all that. Um, yeah, and probably could do this in another podcast, but be about like work, you know, being married to a staff person at some point, we probably could do a whole thing on, on that. So yeah. that was part of your, yeah. your journey. So let, let's go to, um, all right. Uh, a few years ago, um, we go up to Connecticut, your brother, again, kind of a very typical story, grew up Catholic, like, except now he's not Catholic anymore, but in a, is this church non-denominational? Yeah. I think it's not a denominational yeah. church. Yeah. Um, and Chris is putting on this event, your brother Chris is putting on this event and you feel drawn to it to support him or were you yeah. drawn to it something more? So it, beyond, anything beyond that, you know, the waters aren't totally smooth, um, in the family about, or with my mom about, uh. About him leaving hurts her heart a lot, but um, I, I definitely love my brother very much, and um, just um, happy to see God moving in him and through him. And I, I you know, really after hearing um, Jeff Cavins Caven's story, 
My Life on the Rock, a uh, book everybody should read, I think. But um, and he's been here, right. uh, you know, at uh, Rebuilt Conference and or Matter was it? It was, uh, it was called Rebuilt for that Re- one. Okay, okay <laughs> sorry. So um, no, but his story is fascinating because you know he was Catholic. Uh, he was uh, got angry at the church, and you know that can resonate with some people, for sure. Um, and left the church, became a pastor. And then God started working on his heart. He, he had a flock and everything and then came back. And, you know, he he just says God has a journey for people and it's and just trusting that. And so that's kind of, you know, where I was at with my brother. Just, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I trust in God with my brother's journey, wherever, wherever that is. So um, I, I wanted to support him. So he puts on this, uh, he and his church um, put on this event. Um, it was called Ignite, and um, it was just really challenging their own church to um, live out the gospel and witness, go out and witness and pray in the community, um, come back and give testimony of any kind of like people, uh, you know, accepting salvation, any healings, anything like that. I didn't really know what it was. I just was, you know. You are just and, going for Christ, And then really. you were supporting me by doing that because you didn't know what it was, and <laughs> we were just... We just yeah, and, and as much, I'm not really... I'm not really a church person. <laughs> like I work at a church, but it's not like oh, there's a church event. And I'm like, I can't wait to be there. It's like, uh, okay, I'd rather. I mean, I'm. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna go to any <laughs> church event either. There are very specific yeah, ones right, right. that I'm gonna go to. Um, so anyway, um, so we. I go. You go to support Chris. I go to support you. And I was trying to support Chris too a bit. So yeah. Um, so it, it, we go to this, and then a little bit before that, we should talk about when we were engaged. You were in a car accident. You got rear-ended. Yes. Yep. And you experienced some neck problems. Yeah. And that we're not on a scale of one to ten. It was not a ten, but it was. If I slept on my neck wrong, it would be a ten. Really? Okay. Yeah. The pain. The pain was could be excruciating some days. If if I, uh, well, right after there was some kind of damage. I don't know what the damage was because I went to see a doctor. They they said nothing's wrong. I went to see a therapist. Nothing's wrong. Like okay, but <laughs> my yep. neck really hurts. You right. know. Um, the whole experience was kind of annoying, but, um, just trying to get help with that. But, um, um, but yeah, so it just, you learn, you learn to deal, um, with pain and, and, ex- and just kind of change your life around it. And I want to maybe come back to that point later because I think so many people do that, but that's what I did. I just learned to manage it. I learned to manage it and live with it. And um, be fine unless again I wrong pillow, slept on it wrong, whatever. Um, then it would it would hurt pretty pretty intensely. So because so we go to this event and they because they I'm not sure if I took you off where you were going, but they prayed for your neck, right? Or well, what happened? Go well, I, if you remember, so we listen to testimony and worship, and then we go out to the mall. Okay, go ahead. You remember that? So we we. Yes, I remember like why the heck I'm so again, I've gone to this church event <laughs> to support Mia and support my brother-in-law and then uh, on a Saturday I'm going to the mall. The last place I on my I'm like and this is a weekend off. I don't get weekends off. I work. I'm like I can't believe I'm spending my weekend off going a Saturday off when I never have Saturday off to go to a mall. But anyway, well, so, yeah, go to a that church, shows you my heart and where I'm Go to a mall. So. It would have been like if we, if we had to go to the DMV, it would have been a trifecta yeah, right go. there. <laughs> but uh yeah, so I didn't, we didn't know what was going to go on, right? We, right. Just, we just went. We went with it. So um, I was just really inspired. These people were going out bold enough to just go up, and I didn't really know what they were doing. I, you know, they're 
preaching the gospel or something. I'd never done that before like that. Um, so we go to the mall. Uh, we're with one of the main speakers whose um, uncle has a pretty big healing ministry uh, and my brother. And um, we go and we just go up to people. We went up to this one group, asked them if they wanted any prayer. We're from a local church. Would you, could we pray for you? No, it was a no. We find these two ladies sitting at a table, older ladies, um, and one of them has a soft cast on her um, arm. They're just having a coffee or something. And um, the guy, Will, um, asks, you know, hey, we're from this church. You know, we're offering prayer for anyone who needs it. You know, I, do you have, does, is your arm in pain? Could we pray for your arm? And, you know, she kind of is startled and, you know, and says, uh, yeah, okay, sure. And then he turns to me and he says, Mia, would you pray for her? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, and I didn't know what I was saying. I, I, I did not know what to do. I just said, uh, okay, Lord, uh, just ask you to please heal this lady's arm and, uh, take away her pain. And I pray this in Jesus name and just blah, 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 you know, whatever was coming out of my mouth and really, really felt the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Like, uh, you know, C.S. Lewis talks about the weight of glory. It, it, feels like that it is like it is uh, an undeniable um electric peace field or something i don't know how else to describe it but that happens and then this guy will says um could you take off your cast and see if you have any movement and she did and then that the presence got even stronger that just Mm. it was like shocking and my mouth's on the ground Mm. her mouth's on the ground and she's got no pain in her arm. No, it's weird. Just from my perspective, I had none of that experience. Yeah. I mean, just, just, uh, it was just ordinary. It's like, okay, we're praying for this older woman. That's great. But anyway. Yeah. But that, that just goes to some of the, the personal part of this. Yeah. So it, so, well, it, it does. And there's, there's a bit of a mystery, but I, I think there's also kind of maybe a positioning of the heart in sure. terms of expectation, openness, not yep. to, but but make that misunderstood it just i i do think there's like a you know an openness to this thing and um you know you're at the mall (laughs) you've just been to church (laughs) you know but um so um we come to find out that this lady uh we talked to her a little bit she was catholic actually um and she had this pain in her arm she she actually called up the church the next day and said that um she wanted to come back for more prayer because she had been suffering from fibromyalgia for years and her pain was like at the lowest it's ever been for like a decade. Wow. And it was just, I didn't know what to do with that experience. I, I just, it's it's kind of like, did, did I just see that? Did I just experience that? Did that just happen? Um, that really just kind of, you know, I, I felt, I said it felt like, because um, we gave a testimony, they asked me to give a testimony at the at the church later that day. And I just felt like, you know, God just like, uh, you know, the mother bird pushes, nudges the the baby out of the nest and, you know, God just like drop kicked me right out of that nest. And I'm just like, what, you know, what is going on? So it was a pretty dramatic introduction into the more that God has for all of us. Yeah. Well, and I think some of the dramatic was, well, you didn't heal someone be able to, who was blind and could now see or throw off their crutches, but 
throw off a little a baby a little soft cast there you go it's like the little baby bird so that it was that then when he prayed for your neck afterwards so we went to dinner to kind of talk about it um a bunch of us my oh, yeah, brother and sister so that's even was that oh, no, no, no that was no, later later okay. yeah <laughs> and, um, the food court. i think you had to come back to church i think you i think you left so so okay. it was just me and the kids and um uh, the two speakers and my brother and sister-in-law and uh, oh my other sister and her husband was there as well and um, I, I I didn't know what even how to formulate what I was thinking I, I asked one of these guys he's got a ministry down in Texas um, um, and he I, I was just saying like how do you do this like how do you do this you use the gifts of the Holy Spirit like how how is this happening? How do you, and he was talking to me about that. And in the middle of the conversation, he just turned and he said, um, do you have neck pain? And I, I had to think about it. I, I was like, no, well, not right now. I don't. Right. But then I thought, well, you know what? I do have something wrong with my neck. I guess you could say like if I, I and he I, just said that out of nowhere. Yes. Yep. So I didn't know again, where was that coming from? I had to learn all this. I know now. Um, but I didn't know then. Um, I, I said, well, yeah, I, I can have neck pain. And he just put his hand towards the back of my neck, and I felt heat emanating up and down my vertebrae in my neck. Again, the presence of the Holy Spirit was there. And he said, okay, it's healed. And I'm like, wow, okay. He said it's healed. Yeah, he said it. He said it with <laughs> conviction like that. And that's the thing that the people that are ahead of us in this ministry, in bringing the Holy Spirit to people, they that's part of the um, declaration of faith that that will be done. And they see results like, off the charts. I mean, it's, it's amazing because you're boasting in God and he's on the line. Like his word is the one that he who boasts, boasts in the Lord. Well, and, and he's the one that said all these things. He said to go heal the sick and he's going to back you up when you do that. That's, that's the thing that we, I think need to grasp, uh, as maybe Catholics. I don't know, but just God, God told us to do this. He's, his word is not going to be false, right? You can't, it has to be true. So uh, yes, and um, and it was. <laughs> I haven't had uh, neck pain um, since then. It's That's like three or four years ago. It was twenty eighteen. Okay, it's about three years ago. Mm-hmm. What? Um, so from there, it started you on this other journey. Yeah, I, just trying to pursue what I'd seen and actually personally experience. And that's the thing about testimony is um, I was thinking about that. Our our one son is asking about um faith and kind of wrestling with it and the the thing about um the early church is um they had the power of their own personal testimony and the thing about testimony is that nobody can out argue that from you they can't you can never get that taken away from you you, like that is your story and nobody can change your story and that and so that's what i had i had this thing happen to me that I can't explain by right. human terms. I can only explain it through. We cannot stop speaking about what we have seen we and can't what we have do heard. It. Yep. Right. Yeah. So th- that um, when you have that encounter with God like that, which I hadn't really had to that personal degree before, I would say, or if I had, I missed it, but right. I, I don't think I had. So um, that started me pursuing this and trying to. You know, just just learn more. Um, so you started reading. Yep. Who did you read? Who did you read? Um, I would say some of the earliest people. Um, well, actually, uh, so my brother uh, uh, 
gave me a, uh, sent me a talk um, on YouTube by Randy Clark, and uh, he's um, got this huge organization called Global Awakening. They do mission trips to Brazil. They see incredible miracles. He he wants to be known as like the equipper. He would say the equipper of the saints. Um, he mm. wants to equip every generation past him in wa- walking in power in the Holy Spirit. Um, so he had this talk, and in this talk, he mentions a priest that he had prayed over, Father Matthias Thalen. And I, I didn't know much about either ministry, so um, I started reading um, the Essential uh, Guide to Healing by Bill Johnson from Bethel Church at Redding, California, and Randy Clark. It was their the, kind of their stories about healing and how they had to learn and what God was showing them. Um, that just you know one one book. It was like a um, it was like a fuse, you know, like the powder line, uh, right? Uh, whatever that is, where you well, you read it. one book and it references other oh books, and then it references other yeah. talks, and you re- yep. it opens up a new world, again, it, kind of like for ab- us with evangelical churches, and yep. that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. So, um, just trying to find what I could on YouTube, and there there's a ton out there, um, and um, and then um, I think you put me in touch with Robin. That's us. Let's go. Yeah. So it's interesting because Robin had come to. Michael and I, Father Michael and I, a few years before this, and was talking about a ministry she wanted to do, and I thought she meant like celebrate recovery, which is you know Saddleback does that, which is really you know she's talking about helping hurting people, and that's what I thought she meant. Um, and I don't know why somehow maybe I heard more from her. She reached back out, and somehow I'm like, oh well, you should talk to Mia, and so connected you and Robin, and. Yeah, what what was, I mean, so you guys began to talk about the same page of wanting people to experience the Holy Spirit and healing in well, it's funny. supernatural ways. Yeah, and it's funny because I think at the time we weren't, we were coming at the same thing from different angles. Um, and she was coming at, at the need for a, a place for healing and thinking, so she was, um, in her vision, it was, you know, Nativity is calling all these people back to church and trying to reach this community. Well, in this community, I mean, everyone has life burdens. Everyone's suffered pain, loss, everything, right? The, right. the human experience. Yeah. And where life are they going to go? Well, <laughs> princess. <laughs> I, like, I just love that. Life is pain, princess, from Princess Bride. I like I mean, the line about the Sicilian. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, don't, don't, pain is a part, a part of the human experience right now, and, he, and, and hurt and needing it to is, be healed. It is. And that's going to go into a deeper point of, um, well, let me get back to it with Robin real quick. Um, the deeper point that we just, um, we've created such a, a theology of suffering that I feel like it's almost like an idol of suffering. Because if you look at the Gospels, there. it's a huge point, and I'll say it, and I'll say it to anyone. Um, the, 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 you look at the Gospels, and this is one thing I think the Holy Spirit opened up for me. We just read what Jesus did as if it were him drinking coffee or checking the mail. Like, I I really think like when we read about, if you really look at the miracles that he did and the healings that he did, that is what he did. That's that's like all of what he did. Like he preached. Push back. All right. He preached and he healed. Okay. Okay. But what did he do? Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Went from town to town to town, preaching about God and healing the sick. That was the two so he talked about the kingdom of God is here, and then he showed it. But he also, it wasn't just showing it just to see, like, I'll prove it to you. What did it say? He was moved with compassion for the masses. So we have this, on the one hand in our church, 
and um, I'll try to be very nice and kind. Um, on, Diplomatic. In, in the worldwide church I'm talking about here, um, not, not nativity, but worldwide, big C. Um, we have this thing about suffering, and uh, God's teaching me something could be true, sure. Um, God's growing my character. Yeah, that could be true. You definitely, you could, Paul talks about perseverance and leading to hope and that he suffered for Christ, although his suffering was always in preaching the gospel, not just suffering for suffering's sake. Hmm. Um, yeah, and it's a big distinction, but we, we can't go into that, but <laughs> difference of suffering because you're Strong. following God's will versus suffering, that's, that's part of evil. Go ahead. So we have this over here, but then, okay, so we accept that as God's will to suffer, to be sick, to... Um, offer it up which to me is like sometimes taken as like the catholic version of suck it up like i think <laughs> I, I, yes there is something in offering up the suffering and yes we can make reparations for others you know you um you know moses kind of suffered for his people and abraham was interceding on behalf of you know the towns and all that kind of thing but but um on the other hand you have jesus undoing suffering so if suffering is god's will why is jesus god undoing god's will right it's a huge thing we blip over. Like I, I, I and, and yeah, and that creates incredible confusion for people. If God's all loving, why does He want me to suffer, right? Exactly. And if you bring in the reality of, of evil, and this is not God's will, and God does not want you suffering this thing, it, it could clear the path for many people to say, "Oh my gosh, you know, okay, the, the God I've been told of just well, God wants you to suffer is not the God I believe. That's not the true God." So right, and I, I you know. I just think what I mean, but when I say we blip over it, it's like we've become so familiar with these stories. We're not actually grasping what the heck happened, that these lives were changed. They had an encounter with Christ and these lives were forever changed. Their bodies were changed. Their souls were changed. Like in, in a way, we only ever think about the afterlife, like the next life. Like we're almost like, let's struggle through and get through this one so that we can have our joy in the next one. But then we say the Our Father. And think about that prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Bill Johnson talks about, like, we are bringing heaven down to earth. When heaven invades earth, like, we're, our, our, we're told to pray that as our daily prayer. And yet, what does that mean? I don't think we spend enough time really thinking what that means. So... In heaven, there's no sickness, there's no blindness, there's no crying or tears or death, right? Sorrow, you're you're full of joy. So then, so Jesus is doing this in the Gospels, and then he makes like th- three different um, uh, examples or um, situations, circumstances where he empowers his followers to do it. And this was before the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was thinking about this on the way over. He he tells the twelve. Now go do what I'm doing. This is before Pentecost. Right. And they go and do it. Then he right. tell in Luke's gospel, he tells the 72, he commissions them, he kind of deputizes them. Go do what I'm doing. Right. Go preach the gospel, give your peace. If they uh, heal the sick in that town, tell yeah. them the kingdom of God Drive has come. demons, right. And the right? story of Mark, which we just heard a little bit from that Bill Johnson talk from Bethel, which I have to listen to again, but he's, when they can't drive out the demon... Jesus takes him aside. He doesn't say, okay, you guys can't do this. Why are you trying to do what I do? Instead, he says, all right, this is how you do it. He's coaching and he's mentoring them. And they ask. They're not they satisfied ask. with it. Right. They're not satisfied with that one. I'm trying to think of the line he had in there, which I thought was very powerful, Bill Johnson, about, you know, we go look for theology when we should be looking about 
how to heal and learning and coaching from Jesus on how right. to heal. They people. went to look for an answer. Right. They, they went for an answer, answer to how to heal. They didn't go for look for a theological answer of what why, why is they this? failed. Why they'd failed. Yeah. yeah. It gets closer to what the, the Bill Johnson said it perfectly, but anyway, it gets closer to what right. he said. So So my point is so so Jesus deputizes these and then at, at the end of in Luke he says that um you know if those who believe in me will do greater things than I've done in Mark he talks he says at, the, at Mark 16 he says go out in the world preach the gospel and these signs will follow all who believe that's that's like every christian that's not the 12 that's not just like some kind of apostolic priesthood thing that's the 12 that's that's every believer sorry um, they'll heal the sick, they'll cast out demons and all that kind of stuff. So why did he do that? Well, you read in um, one of the letters of John, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. That's bringing God's kingdom. Mm. Like that's, so So he's linking sickness, disease, um, oppression, whatever, um, to the works of the devil. And Jesus came to undo all that and then tells everyone else to go do it. And I just, I think that it's just, this realization it was kind of like a realization has been you know growing and growing and growing it's like so i and i got a little angry actually just um <laughs> i got angry because um not at any one person kind of like, like the church you know air quotes um because we stick to the safe stuff we you know, again worldwide my my growing up the safe stuff is go feed the hungry and clothe the naked and that and we also should be doing that. It's understandable. It's in the natural. It's in, in our natural ability as a human. Right. And we ignore all this other stuff because it's very challenging. It's kind of scary. It's kind of confusing. There's a mystery to it. And, you know, there's church periods. If you go back and look at the history, this was um, alive and well for the first 400 years of the church. Every like lay person healing people, laying hands on the sick. There were, you know, throwing out demons left and right. The church, the the kingdom of God was advancing, and everyone was empowered like this. And then as it, I, I've read kind of like as society was Christianized and and converted, and um, be, became followers of Christ, it kind of died out. And then you enter into the Dark Ages and the Middle Ages, and then it becomes more about a humility thing like don't don't you know i I don't want to tell you that god did this through me because i might be prideful it gets totally twisted and um that's one that stories of the saints you know but the holy spirit won't be stopped i mean he's gonna keep going he'll you know he's the i love this verse in second chronicles it's the eyes of the lord roam uh, roam the earth looking for someone to show himself to be um to be mighty to looking for a faithful person to show himself to be mighty to like he's looking for people to show off to, to for what just to show off no but to bring his kingdom to the earth to, and what does that mean that means you know healing joy freedom that's that's what that's about that his kingdom on earth so going back to your story a bit um you meet robin you guys kind of have started in the last couple of years this healing ministry uh, you've been bringing people together, just kind of doing some training. How, how have you been approaching that? Yeah. So well, I had said earlier that we were kind of going, approaching the same thing from different angles. She was kind of coming in from a more of an inner healing, you know, healing um, lies that we believe about ourselves, okay. which come on, I mean, how you know, how often when you hear, um, you know, uh, well, that's for someone else and not for me or God, you know, it's, it's, um, 
it's really when we agree with the enemy about ourselves rather than what God says about us and what God um, has for us, uh, the love that he wants to give to us, is giving to us, um, that kind of thing. Wounds from family, wounds from our past, That's that would be the inner healing. And then I was coming at it from physical healing. Like I just saw someone, you know, get healed and this happens and this is a thing, we're supposed to do this. So um, I'd say we, we came together and um, we're, we're talking about what what could we do at our church because you know we know sick people we know people that are um hurt you know um in their heart or their you know mind or thoughts or whatever and so we just we really didn't know what the vision was we were praying about it and um we just um decided to invite some people that we thought might be open to it uh to come and talk about it really just kick it around like what and the thing i think we found was that um no one knew what we were talking about <laughs> like there was one person who did know what we were talking about but wasn't able to join us um but really no one really knew what we were talking right. about so you're treading new, you're you're pioneering a new path here for people yeah yeah and um so th- i still know. am not sure i understand i understand <laughs> but I, I know i'm learning um really the, really what it is is just saying okay holy spirit use me and he will use you to reach whatever he wants Paul talks about the manifestations of the spirit right and those are the different gifts but it's the same spirit so you know if he wants you to prophesy to someone he'll and you're open and ready to be used he'll give you a word for someone if he Hmm. says you know go lay your hand on that person and heal them he'll do that through you so I I just really think it's a matter of just being open to the the kind of two big things two big areas though are healing and bringing healing through the Holy Spirit and prophecy having some kind of word in the same way um you know that well it came both with when you your neck was healed i know mm-hmm. it's healed you have a problem with the neck the kind of word of knowledge yeah, right there's something that's... talking to you oh there's something wrong with your neck okay now lay hands on you and you're healed or um recently just you know when i talked to peter herbeck and i called him up and i'm like i'm trying to grow in understanding this prophecy i think i have a gift of that and i talked and then um you know, we talked a little bit more and then we prayed together and then he's like, all right, I just kind of have a word for you. You know, God wants you to know that so far what you've accomplished is the tithe on what he wants to do through you. And I was like, that's a big word to me, tithe, because I, that's a big part of our story of growing in, in appreciating the, the importance of tithing. So anyway, that's a kind of prophecy. I would, would, would say those are the kind of two big things. Yeah. And what I would say is what did that fill you with when you received that word? Right. From so him? encouragement. Okay. Like that's and like almost like this oh my gosh, what else is God going to do right. through me? Like it's this wonder and right. hope and joy. Right. And it's, again, not a natural word. It's not something that, you know, oh, good job. You did a great job yeah. on the homily. Okay, that's me in, as a person saying that to you. Um, this is something that would pierce your heart right. and your mind and open up something. Uh, yeah, so I would say, um, yeah, healing, gifts of healing and, and prophecy and I come, you know, in scripture, you learn that Paul says to above all, you know, strive eagerly for the prophetic gifts because that's, um, and there's, you know, some kind of order with that. There's always testing. You always test to see if that's a word that's true, if that's, if that applies to you, if it's for someone else, if it's not true, like you're, you're supposed to test everything and hold on to what's good, right? Don't despise the spirit, but that's in Thessalonians, I think. Um, but the, so yeah, we're trying to just we're trying to get this 
on page we watched um, Fearless Documentary. Can I believe? Sure. Um, so I would encourage everybody out there to go online and look up fearlessdocumentary.net. And um, this is a, uh, it was a short, less than an hour documentary um, by a cradle Catholic who had heard there was healing happening in the Catholic Church. And she um, actually goes and follows this same priest, Father Matthias Thalen, who has encounter ministries. He's out in Michigan. He's a young, dynamic, um, Holy Spirit priest. And he has healing services um, and uh, people people get healed. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a great way to understand what's going on. And it's, this is another move of the Holy Spirit. Um, but so we watched that as a group and try, and then we read a book by Randy Clark. So we've been sort of learning. And then um, we were invited to pray after mass. Um, I guess that was 2019. Uh, yeah, Pentecost weekend, maybe we were just up at the front of church just offering a really quick prayer you know we're still learning still trying to understand what to do um we've learned a lot more but um we have people one of the most um striking things that um you know because people might argue and say well we have the sacraments what do we need this for in in our catholic church we have a huge uh arsenal of of you know weapons or um or gifts if you don't like that terminology (laughs) we have this this, you know, again, that's another, another thing about the spiritual battle. <laughs> well, that's that we warfare. We'll do a, yeah. Maybe we do one on podcasts on warfare. Um, no, but we, we have all these things that God's given us, sacraments included, but sometimes like we just think of the sacraments. You know, you can receive a sacrament and not receive its graces if you're not in a position to, if you're like opposed. I mean, you guys, I think, mentioned this about the daily massacres. Sometimes you, you might meet a, a daily massacre who can maybe be the meanest person you've ever met. Right. Why is that? They receive Jesus Christ, you know, King of Kings, Lord of Lords at whose name everyone's going to bow. And yet that grace of receiving him is not penetrating their mind or their soul. Right. So actually sacraments can be blocked. Like the grace of sacraments can be blocked. Holy spirit is kind of, um, and, and welcoming him and seeking and pursuing this life with him is like a key and healing uh, the heart is like a key that unlocks all that to let those graces be absorbed. But when we prayed up at the front, I was going to say real quick, there were, uh, someone came up uh, f- for our little um, you know, uh, team and um, said that uh, they were really having a hard time forgiving their sister and that um, they go to confession like weekly and for years and have not been able to. And so, so this is not a sacrament that we're doing. This is right. something any regular Christian can do. We just prayed for the Holy Spirit to come and unlock and give her the ability to forgive. Like, and we prayed that with people. If they're not able to, because there is some kind of link, I think, sometimes with people between forgiveness and receiving what God wants to give them, including healing, including physical mm-hmm. healing. I've heard so many stories about, you know, their, their body is literally... Um, yeah, it's taken the spiritual world and it's being manifested physically, right? In them, the the, the key to their because we're we're freedom. composite of mind and you know body and spirit, right? Know? Right, and the key to their freedom would be un, uh, unlocking forgiveness to another person. Then they receive that grace. But anyway, this this person said they weren't able to do it, so we we prayed that they were able to do that, and that was just that really opened my eyes. Like, what you go? You know? And and that happened, or they were able to. Yeah, I mean, they they, they asked. Uh, they said that they felt peace, like they right. hadn't before. So 
Yeah, praise God for that. But. So um, I just want to have a couple more questions because, um, no, it's good. Um, but um, so just want to mention this, Andrea because she was the podcast last month. Yeah, it was a great, great podcast. So mm-hmm. what was just your experience in, in that, in, in praying for her? So she had these, listen to the whole podcast if you haven't listened to it, but uh, incredible pain, incredible suffering. And if you could just talk about praying for her and how you saw the healing in her, with her. Yeah, it was um, amazing and, and really, you know, just, uh, you know, Bill Johnson says something about like, I don't need to be the one doing it. I just want to be in the room when it happens, you know, mm. <laughs> and um, just seeing the glory of God uh, uh, manifest, become present, become real and change things. That's what it should do. It should change things. And she was, I would say, really, really, really positioned. Her heart was so positioned and hopeful um, you know, patiently suffering. Like there is, there's that suffering there. That was three years of her life. Um, and I, I, I didn't know much about her. Um, I was praying the night before for her. And I think, uh, God just kept showing me verses in Isaiah. And I just, um, I actually got like a, a picture of her in my head as a little kid. It was, and I mentioned this to her in the, in the prayer and, um, and Jesus being with her as a little kid, like, um, and I, so that day of prayer, you know, I, um, I just, I'm not at the point where I was like, uh, that guy, David, that prayed over me, you know, you're healed, you know, and just know it. I, I just was going to do what I knew to do. So we go there in the room and I meet her and she's just such a great person. Um, and uh, it was cool. Her husband was there praying with her, and, and she's just surrounded with her small group. Mm-hmm. I was like blown away by that. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you are, you are walled in with mm-hmm. believers right now. And I, I think, I, I'm wondering. I don't know. I don't want to say this def- definitively, but I wonder if, um, with some of these bigger, quote, harder, um, for us, harder to believe for prayer requests i wonder if just that there's something about physically being present the, the whole laying on of hands is a physical thing um i just wonder if that there's more power and that there's power in agreement we know that from um right. the gospels to review agree on a thing it'll be established so just we prayed um holy spirit showed up and um the you know um she had pain still in her back that left that day it was gone um which she described and it just it was really amazing it was just kind of a um you know you're watching it you're again you're not really believing what you're watching <laughs> so it, it it was awesome and um and, and she got here because someone said oh um someone else got healed at church they had a plate in their arm and they're calling we're, we're calling it the metal ministry i'm like what like <laughs> So I, we were still trying to track down that person down because it, it might have, I'd seem to remember somebody coming through the lines at church at the end of mass wanting prayer for their, for their arm. But, but, the, but people have to come back and like give testimony. Like we don't, you know, we don't know unless people come back and give their story. So where do you want this to go in the future? Um, I think really my... Or where do you feel like you're being led? I guess would be a better way to put it. Well, I mean, really just trying to... Um, we would love to see everybody healed at Nativity and then that spill over because that's how, um, if God touches you, you've got to give glory to God, but you, you can't not speak about it. 
And I think there's a couple walls in the way of like, well, I don't want to push my religion on anybody. This isn't religion. <laughs> this is an encounter with the living God. This is like life change on the most like Christian molecular level possible, you know, faith level. Um, just want to see Christians walking in um, their identity uh, that Christ died to give them. Like as we go into Holy Week and we look at, you know, we're gonna, we have a tradition in our family of watching the Passion of the Christ. You look at what Jesus did for you and what, it, what do we know from Scripture that by his wounds I have been healed. Like Peter says that, Isaiah says that, and Mark, there's a reference to that. He did that for you to be free. And just I, I would really love people to have that experience in whatever way that they need it. Um, and then like, you know, just go out. Like that's to me, that's, that's the whole aspect of bringing the gospel is this is what God did for me. And I cannot talk about it. I have to talk about it and everyone having that experience. And I, I think we have some kind of some theology to get over with that because there's this thing about, well, I'll just manage my suffering. I'll, you know, God wants me to suffer um, you know, if he wants you to suffer, why do you go to a doctor? Right. You know, um, right. you look for ways around that. Like what? So just getting some of that um, and just really seeing people empowered and equipped in, in this life of the Holy Spirit. Um, be, because I think it's that's what the church is meant to do is it's meant to do that wherever they are. CEO, um, mechanic, mom, coach. It, I, I just think that in every station, if we were equipped and ready to be used by the Holy Spirit and bring God's truth and freedom. Just I would, that would be transformational, I think. So there you go. Experience the Holy Spirit and Jesus as the divine physician. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for doing this. Yeah. And um, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and pray? Sure. Um, Father, I just thank you for this uh, really awesome opportunity to um, spread the good news of um, who you are and what you have for us. And I just ask for anybody listening to this podcast that um, they would uh, look to you and ask for the more that you have for them in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. I ask that you would inflame their hearts with the love of God to um, seek you and you will be found by them to um just be open to the Holy Spirit, just kind of coming into their lives and transforming them from the inside out, healing them in whatever way they needed, and then bringing that to the rest of the world. I just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.